Jewish Money Matters episode 327, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Friday, June 2nd. I guess summer is here, right? <laughs> finally. I mean, I, don't, I shouldn't say finally. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't live in a cold place, so I don't have any complaints. In fact, I live in a very warm place. And um, so speaking about summer, we're, we have a, I don't know what everybody's plans are for the summer. I don't have many plans, but I do have a short family trip coming up, which we're very excited about. We're headed to Chicago to a wedding. That's always fun. Um, I don't know what else I've got planned this summer, but in terms of work, I certainly have a few cool things in the works. Uh, I have an upcoming photo shoot. It also looks like finally a brand new website might be, you know, un- unveiling this summer. And more importantly, well, at least for you, I th- I'm thinking of bringing back my investing workshop. I did this workshop two or maybe three summers ago. I'm pretty sure I did it in the summer also. And it seems like there's a lot of demand for it. So I'm thinking of bringing it back. I do get a lot of emails um, um, asking me to teach you about investing, etc. And I did post on, I think I want to say LinkedIn. Um, and a lot of people raised their hand and saying, yes, we're interested. So I'm really thinking that this summer, at least it's a good time for me to um, run the stock market investing workshop um, for women. So drop me an email. Yes, that's going to be for women. Drop me an email or a DM if you think you're going to be interested in that. If you think that, yeah, I've been wanting to invest. I don't know my way around the stock market. I don't know how to do this. It's all very confusing to me. I definitely, right. It sounds like something that I would be interested in. Yeah. Send me a note. I, um, it would be really, really helpful. Um, so it helps me get that going. All right. So today we have a bag full of questions, really good questions from making decisions, making a decision to move based on the cost of tuition, which we all know is high. Um, apps to calculate MICER, books to learn more about MICER and changing the paycheck to paycheck cycle. So really, really good. But before we hit the ma- mailbag, uh, a quick reminder that every week I really want to pick a reviewer of the week and give them a 20 minute phone session with me. We have a lot of reviews, thank God. And on this show, at least on the US side of the app, as I said, there's Apple podcast whereas works in very weird ways, but it's country by country. So at least from what I can see on the US side, but I don't see any new reviews this week. I should have gone checking on other countries. Maybe there are new reviews, but at least on this end of the world, so sad there were no new reviews. So I'm going to wait till next week. Hopefully there'll be a ton of new reviews. And of course, I will be picking one of you, hopefully every Friday and gifting you a 20 minute phone session with me, which is always really, really fun. All right. So let's dive in with our first question, which is from Lauren on LinkedIn. As I mentioned before, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Did you know that? And I'm pretty active there and I'm really liking it. (laughs) Really? I'm really liking it. So Lauren asks, Jewish day school is expensive. And I 100% agree that you have to put your money in your priorities. But what percentage of your income do you think is okay? And 
quote unquote safe to spend on tuition? And at what point do you think it's time to start looking for places to live that offer school choice? All right, Lauren, big loaded question. (laughs) And I wish I had a short and simple answer for you. Let me tell you what I think. First of all, let me start by explaining for listeners what you mean by school choice, what you mean about, you know, looking to move to a place that offers school choice. So school choice is is the term that's used for this allowance of public to education funds to be channeled towards um, schools or services that fit a child's needs, whether it be public education, private edu- private school education, education, charter schools, home schools, and, and other learning environments that a fa- that a family chooses. That's what's called school choice. So, in the case of a Jewish community who has a need for Jewish education. Living in states that offer some sort of school choice that helps fund private Jewish education makes a very big difference because, as we all know, the cost of private Jewish education is ginormous. Now, there are, um, I believe, about 26 states that currently offer school choice for private education. And again, it's very, it's, it, it varies on, you know, what does that exactly mean? Is it sometimes it's just for dis- dis- disabilities and special needs children? You know, it, it really, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of nuance over there. Um, they don't, not every state, meaning not every state offers the, you know, offers school choice in the same way. I do know that one of the most popular states because it offers one of the best or most helpful school choice programs is Florida. Um, there's a tax, there's a tax credit program and a scholarship program. So it's very, it's a very attractive state. Um, obviously it's also a beautiful state. (laughs) There are others, uh, I think Indiana, I think Wisconsin, I think DC, um, that offers similar credits, maybe not as big. Again, you have to do a little bit of the research. So first, First of all, there's looking into doing the research, looking into the different states and what do they offer exactly under the school choice umbrella. But now there's also other things to consider, right? When we're talking about moving, yes, the cost of tuition is always a big factor, but you know, the place and the community is too, right? And not all these things always align. Not every community in a state that offers school choice might be the right community for your family. So I think obviously, if you're considering moving, you could start by exploring places that offer school choice. And I wish we all wish more places did. And I'm sure that's the trend's going to continue, etc. But, you know, at what point do you consider looking to make a move to a state that offers school choice? As you ask, Lauren, I think that it has to make sense on so many levels. I don't think you make an entire move just because of school choice, just because of the economics of tuition. You might, but I, I, I think there are other layers that, that we considered. Um, I know when I considered a move, I, I had to do it it, it, I'm sorry, it had to do with um, with family being close. It had to do with the type of community we both wanted. It had to do with the type of school, the type of environment. Those were definitely factors that had a big way in, in our decision. And I actually did not end up in a state with school choice, although I, I hear that might be happening soon. But again, those might, you know, those factors that I just mentioned might not be the factors that 
that really weigh heavily on your decision. But I'm just kind of like brainstorming here with you. So because it's something very, very personal, and that definitely warrants a conversation or a few conversations, I would say, with your spouse as again, a move is a very big thing. And you want to consider moving to a place where you can see yourself staying long term. And I remember that's something that my mentor, my mashpia told me when I was when we were considering moving to Texas, it's the idea that yeah, you want the place to be a place where you want to raise your children where you want to kind of offer them that sort of stability, as you know, we, we know that the world is everything is unpredictable. But as much as you can, you want to aim for that. Um, for us, we had grandparents here for our children, plus a day school that we really liked and a community infrastructure that fit our family's needs and values. So those were the real factors that drove our decision. And then to your question about percentage, about a percentage that one should quote unquote safely spend in, on tuition. I mean, that's a loaded question <laughs> because really think about it. What does safely mean, right? Um, it means so many different things for so many people. Does safely mean that it's you're still able to put money into savings and investment? Does safely mean that you can feed the family? Does safely mean that you have the luxury of driving two cars or, you know, I mean, or or buying a house. I mean, this is so personal. Uh, And I, and I, and you bet it, it has also to do, or it will depend also on bitachon. And I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of these things, again, I always bring it up because it is so fundamental. In fact, you know, you want to know this week, I interviewed somebody you'll hear the interview in a few weeks, but I interviewed the CEO of Briscoe Apparel. He's the founder of the Living Kiddush Hashem Foundation, Mr. Scott Gartner. And he actually blew me away when he said that at one point in his life, I think it was right after a bankruptcy. First of all, he told me how Bitachon got him through that period and, and so on. But after that period, when he things started turning around, he was paying, he shared with me, he was that he was paying full tuition and he didn't have any furniture. But to him, and he's in his head and his wife said, that wasn't even like, it, was, it wasn't a, he, he had folding chairs. He said, I just had a few folding chairs and that was it. And it wasn't even a consideration because for us, paying full tuition was the most important thing. So I'm not saying that anyone should not have furniture. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that this is so personal and you have to discuss it with your husband and you have to discuss it with your mashpia, with your mentor. Um, One thing I will say, though, is that you'll never lose from using your money to finance the mitzvot that God gave you. Never. That, 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 That is a fact. And it might mean that you're making temporary trade-offs, like in the case of Mr. Gardner, right? He has furniture today, plenty, <laughs> right? Um, but it also, but but also, does that does does that mean that we shouldn't apply for financial aid? Aid, for example, no, we we can and we should, right? Does that mean that we shouldn't talk to the schools? No, right? It also means that whatever we end up having to pay. Um, and and that we put our full effort into paying, we have to do it also in full partnership with God, meaning I trust that you, God, are going to help me pay this and more. So again, I go back to that bitachon piece, that trust piece. If we can increase our bitachon, I guarantee you we're going to see miracles. So do your best to pay what you can. Do your best to also negotiate with schools and show your goodwill to pay as much as you can. Do your best to keep up with those payments and with you know, all the other expenses that, you know, the other outlays that money that we put out to finance the things that are important to us and our values and all that. And again, it's hard because 
I know I know how difficult it is to pay tuition and to also pay into one's savings or investments, right? Which is possibly to what what Lauren you're referring to when you say safe, right? Up to what point is it safe to pay tuition, meaning that I'm not endangering my retirement or my future, right? Um, and so we have to make our best effort to also contribute to these things. Um, but I I also know that we we should not we should definitely not be making decisions out of fear or worry. And I think that's my point. We should make them with full trust and reliance and knowing that whatever decision we're making is because it's the best for our family in terms of their growth and development, in terms of living those Jewish values and the way that God wants us to live. And of course, you ask for a percentage of income that is that is safe, quote unquote, safe to pay to tuition. But I can't give anyone that percentage because it depends so much on what your income is, what the cost of living is, what the cost of tuition is, what you know, what all your other expenses are. So many, so many factors. And even think about it. If I gave you a percentage, right? If I gave you the this is the target percentage, right? This is what's the safe percentage and you were paying, you see that you're paying well above that. What does that mean that you now are, are going to stop paying for your kids Jewish education? Right? I think you and I know the answer. So long answer to a very nuanced question to sum it up. Talk to your husband, talk to your mentor, to your mashpia, work on bitachon. And yes, look at the possibilities in terms of um, financial aid, maybe even moving is a possibility, maybe not. But ultimately trust that God can and will help you favor pay for whatever amount you end up having to pay. Do not operate on based on fear and worry. All right. Next question. Anonymous asks on Instagram. She says, we are a family of four and currently have 25 euros in our bank account. They live in Europe. We live paycheck to paycheck. How do I change this cycle? So I asked for a few, uh, we got into a conversation. I got a little, uh, a few more details. Um, There are a couple with two children. Her husband, she says, makes minimum wage and he, she is home taking care of her baby. They don't have any other debt. They don't have, I mean, they don't have any debt. They don't have, they also have no savings. And as she says, they barely make it month to month. Oh, and they live in Belgium. Um, so a few thoughts anonymous here. Um, number one, are you giving at the very minimum miser from what you make, right? Are you giving that tithe, that 10%? And have you discussed with your Rav your particular financial situation and how you should be giving that minimum 10%? Are there any expenses that you can pay with that 10%? Number two, why is your husband making minimum wage? What what are what is going on there? What are some ways that you can work together um to increase his income, right? What is happening in terms of that conversation? It sounds like you're young and you're just starting, just two young kids. There might be things that you haven't considered for him to be earning more money or both of you. Um, I'm not saying you should stop being the caregiver of your your baby, but, but there might be things that you could start or you could support him in starting that um, could help him um, get above this um, minimum wage that you mentioned. I will recommend a book called Overcoming Under Earning by Barbara Stanley Hewson. This is a classic book and she, she's been on this show several times. And, um, and then lastly, you say, how do you break the cycle? Well, 
just from hearing you say that he's making minimum wage, I can tell you this is an income challenge. It's not just an expenses challenge, right? It might be both, but at the very least, we know that it's an income challenge. So we got to address that. Um, So I highly encourage you to start an important, important practice for every couple. I mean, for every individual, but even more so if you're married, which I call the money date. And whoever's been listening to the show for many years knows this by heart. A money date is a regularly scheduled time on your calendars where you guys discuss your money. And that's the only place where it gets discussed. And you talk about what you're doing with your money, both immediately and long term. Um, And currently, you know, the urgency is to to start this safe and secure um, channel or space of communication where you can discuss the the possibility of increasing the income. But that space should also become the space where you discuss where you're spending your money, right? Also your expenses and how to manage the cash flow better. And of course, like I said, how to manage your minimum 10% of MISER obligation based on your RAV's detailed, hopefully you talk to your RAV and you get a detailed explanation of how this applies to your particular situation. I think the only way to break the cycle is to have these regular spaces where we talk about the cycle itself and we together help each other break out of the cycle, which requires space, time, sensitivity, empathy, all the things that the money date provides for you. So please, please do me a favor and head over to ltrush.com forward slash money date, where I will tell you a lot more about the money date and I will give you 10 tips for money date success. One last point, Anonymous, beyond reading Overcoming Under Earning, I also suggest you both read together The Gate of Trust. This will also help you, um, well, your spouse or maybe also you with under earning because you will hit a point where in the book where it becomes very clear that working in a in one's zone of genius brings a lot of bracha, a lot of blessing. Plus it really, the, the whole book will really help you shift the way you relate to money. So the gate of trust, I highly recommend it. You can even join also actually my, my ladies class if you want to, and that's at yaeltrush.com forward slash bitachon. You can register um, for that free class, weekly class. Um, and then I'll, I'll add two more things, even though I think I already said that was going to be the last thing, but two more things. Number one, Listen to this podcast. I really mean it. There are so many episodes that help shift your mindset around money because again, under earning is all about mindset and it requires a mindset shift. And I'm, I'm really drill, drilling on this point because again, you said he's he's making minimum wage. So we, we got to break and you know, that's, we got to break that in order to, again, break, you say, how do I get out of the cycle? Well, we got to earn more, it seems like, right? Um, and of course, we got to manage our money. But like I said, those money days are going to help you also with that. But we have to start with what's going on on a mindset level that um, that we're not that we're we're not making, uh, I guess that we're we're not making enough, right? And one li- one last thing is I also have um, accessible for you, really really interesting and beautifully crafted. I, I'm very proud of these um, of these. I put together Jewish strategies for financial and career fulfillment. And I think they will be very, very beneficial. Um, I, I think we often don't realize how much Judaism can help us break these cycles of negativity around money and of under earning. So check those out. They're available at yaeltrush.com forward slash strategies. Good luck, Anonymous, at Slacha, and, and come back and share with me how it's going. So you have you have a lot a lot of suggestions there. The money date, yaeltrush.com forward slash money date. 
get working on reading the Shara Bitachon, the gate of trust with your husband. You can also join the, the class, yaeltrush.com forward slash Bitachon. And also hit those strategies, those Jewish strategies. Again, this is going to really helpful and listen to the podcast and you can get those strategies, which again, we talk on this show about this, but this is just like really, um, I guess, carefully curated and crafted very specifically. So you can get those strategies at yaeltrush.com forward slash strategies. All right. Avram on LinkedIn. Avram says, what book do you suggest individuals study to assure that they are following the code of Jewish law in giving tzedakah? All right, Avram, it's very interesting that you say this because I recently received this question several times in Dallas when I was there for a speaking engagement. Um, and it got to a point where somebody said, well, I guess, yeah, you're going to have to write the book. <laughs> and that's because I didn't have a lot to recommend. Um, I don't know if my book will be all about Meister and Tzedakah. In fact, I'm pretty sure it will not, or it's not because I've been working on it. So I know it's not all on that, but all that to say that um, besides recommending opening the Code of Jewish Law itself, uh, I haven't heard of many, but there is one uh, that I have to admit I have not read myself and I will read it. Um, It's been on my to to read list yeah can one have a to read i have a very long to read list okay but this is one of them and it's called the laws of tzedakah meister by rabbi shimon taub um so that's the one that comes to mind right now but if anybody has any other recommendations hit me up i would love love to find out Uh, and then i'll add something that i do say all the time i do stress this a lot in order to ensure that you're giving properly you have to have an ongoing conversation with a rav this is of critical importance so you know read the book if you know but even if you haven't gone through the whole book or whatever start that conversation with a rav all right thanks avram for the question and last but not least rifka on linkedin has somewhat of a related question actually she asks yeah is there any app that has a micer calculator well rifka great question um and it's a new question on the show and i mean it's such an obvious question right if there is I don't know about it, but I I do want to know about it. But no, I don't. Um, (laughs) So I don't think there is one. So you can start by ordering that book that I just mentioned before. But if that feels too daunting and, you know, not everybody's a reader. um, And I I would say the easiest thing to do here is to set up a separate bank account. I've said it so many times. It's so important. A separate bank account that will be designated for your Meister money. Hopefully a sub account that has no fees associated with it, like no low balance fees and no fees um, to transfer money in and out of. Um, And every time you receive your salary, you transfer 10% of the money into that account. I also, like I said before, suggest giving your Rav a call and making sure that you know, that it's that straightforward in your particular case, because very often it's not very often we have variable income and we have businesses. And, you know, if we have, if you have your own business, you for sure want to call your RAV because it, you know, it can get a little bit more complex. Um, and again, there's just, there, it is, it is a nuanced topic, but the standard, I mean, the, the very easy calculation is just 10%, right? So money comes in, that is salary money, um, 10% goes into the MISER account. But again, depending on, you know, your debt, your expenses, there's so many things to consider. So I would start a conversation with a RAV, um, a separate account for sure you're going to want to have. And you, you want to get, go for the A plus, then I would say a spreadsheet, like you don't need, really don't need the app. And, and I, I, 
I want to say that the might be the, maybe the reason there's no app is because this is so complicated, right? I, I don't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I haven't built any apps recently, and I'm sure there's a way to build in all the different scenarios. But it's it's not an easy thing uh, to build in all the different particular financial scenarios that people might have and how to apply Meister um, to that. So, since we don't have an app, apparently. Um, you can have a spreadsheet, a very easy to manage spreadsheet that allows you to track your MISER. It, it keeps you, it just tracks what money's coming in, what do you owe to your MISER account, etc. So I actually have one for free that I created a very long time ago. In fact, it's not even on my new or soon to be website. You can get it. It's an old link. I haven't even changed it, but that's okay. You can still access it. You can get it at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash tithe tracker. That's jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash tithe tracker. That's a very neat, easy to use, a little straightforward um, spreadsheet that will help you keep track of your MICER money. All right, that is a wrap, ladies. Great questions. Thank you, Lauren, Anonymous, Avram, and Rivka. I shouldn't say ladies, I should say ladies and gentlemen. As as you can tell, there are men in the audience. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for being here. Always very grateful. Um, and, and always, I want to say f- Fridays are my, I kind of my, I don't, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it is, it is my favorite. I, I, I love the interviews, but like the interviews happen between me and the guests, right? But this is like a, my way to connect with you, like really like help you, I guess. Well, I'm helping you with the interviews, hopefully. But yeah, it is, I want to say, yes, it is my favorite. So Fridays are my favorite. Send in your questions via email, yael at yaeltrush.com or DM me on Instagram, or as you can see, you can also reach me on LinkedIn. So you can head that way, uh, you know, just DM me there. And please, 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 please leave a review and rating on your Apple Podcasts app. I promise you it takes all of 30 seconds. I want to pick a reviewer of the week and I want to give them a shout out here on the show as well as gift them a 20 minute money session. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Well, it's Friday. I hope you have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend and a Shabbat Shalom Monday morning. Stay tuned because I have an incredible interview coming up with the founder of the Mitzvah Opportunity, Donnie Fine. You're not going to believe it. Stay tuned for that. Shabbat Shalom.